from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Presented by 2020lifestyles.com. This is The Blitz. The first look at the top stories in Seattle sports. They don't make a lot good. We're not like everybody else. The rundown on everything Seattle sports on your way to work. Swing and a fly ball. Deep right center field. He did it again. And the stories everyone is talking about. This is the Blitz at Six. Good morning, friends. Welcome to the Blitz at Six. Lydia Cruz alongside with you Wednesday, April 22nd. Getting those kid before Christmas type feelings because the draft is just one day away. And yesterday was our opportunity to hear from John Schneider, to hear from Pete Carroll ahead of the draft. How are things set up in their households? How's the Wi Fi connection working? A potential technological glitch that happened in the mock draft earlier this week. Schneider explains that. Also some words that uh, seem hopeful, depending on where you're at in the clowny discussion. But the Seahawks not ruling out a deal in a reunion with defense bench Devin Clowney, according to Schneider. But they also reached a point where they couldn't miss out on other players. So we'll dig into that sound. We'll also hear from Pete Carroll uh, on his thoughts on Clowney on the pass rush in general. Also, some big news for uh, Tampa Bay fans, for Patriots fans yesterday. Gronk coming out of retirement to be reunited with TB12 down in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, am I getting that correct? It's all ahead in this hour. Right now, let's get to your headlines. The Seahawks not ruling out a deal and a reunion with the defensive end Jadevian Clowney, who currently still is a free agent. According to General Manager John Schneider, yesterday it was their pre-draft conference, a Zoom conference, looking a little bit different than normal. But also Schneider saying the Seahawks reached a point where they couldn't wait on Clowney at the risk of losing out on other potential players. Here was Schneider yesterday. With Clowney, you know, we made the trade. Um, he came in, did a great job for us. Uh, we made an effort to, uh, uh, resign him. We'd still, we, you know, the door is not closed. Uh, but we couldn't wait any longer. We had to conduct business. And, uh, so he knew that we had a, he, everything was very cordial. He's a great guy, uh, represented by a great guy. And, uh, you know, I <clears throat> go all the way to back to Brett Favre with, um, with his representative, uh, Buzz Cook. So, uh, we had, we've had, we've had great, uh, conversations. Um, he, he just, he just, just going to kind of feel his way through this odd process. And that point that Schneider identified was right before Seattle agreed to a deal with, uh, another edge rusher, Benson Mayoa back on April 1st. Now, Seahawks, of course, acquiring Clowney, the former number one overall pick in a trade with the Houston Texans before the 2019 season, and he became an unrestricted free agent last month. Uh, according to ESPN, Clowney initially seeking a deal averaging about $21 million annually, uh, but then dropping his asking price to around 17 to $18 million, according to a report from Diana Rossini, who actually joined Danny and Gallant yesterday and to chat about the update on that asking price yeah a lot of teams are sitting and waiting here and and i kind of felt like this was going to wind up happening um as soon as i heard that 20 million uh it was actually i think it was even like 21 um initially i was like this is out of control like he's wild i don't think he's really understanding his market right now uh and and then it sort of 
became true because you, you, you saw Seattle just sat back. They, they, they want nothing to do with that price tag. Uh, the New York Jets want nothing to do with it. The Cleveland Browns didn't. Uh, the Tennessee Titans don't. Rossini did say that the Titans seem most interested in Clowney and the Titans general manager John Robinson telling reporters that the team has been in touch with Clowney's agent. We haven't closed the door on anything, but I would say that we really haven't inched closer to having any finality to that either. I mean, he's obviously a good football player. I think where we're at, depending upon who we pick, could potentially impact that. But I would say it doesn't close the close the door on it completely either. Uh, again, like I said last week, you don't ever close the door on the you know, potentially adding good football players to your team. So we'll just kind of take it take it how it goes and, and probably circle back with that one um, here this week or, or next week once the draft's over. As for the state of the pass rush with the Seahawks, it's been an offseason of a few reunions, including uh, former edge rusher Bruce Irvin, former Seahawk, uh, the team's first-round pick back in 2012. He had a career-best sack season last year, eight and a half with the Panthers, also signing Mayoa to that one year, just over $3 million deal. And he, too, set a career high last year with seven sacks. Uh, also, LJ Collier was another name mentioned when John Schneider was asked about the state of their pass rush. Uh, the Hawks' 29th overall pick last year and one of those players that they expect to take a huge step forward, spent a lot of the, the year last year either a healthy scratch or also was injured to begin. But Schneider on the state of the Seahawks' pass rush at this point. From a pass rush standpoint, you know, we were able to acquire Bruce Irvin and, and Benson Mayoa. Uh, two individuals that we're, you know, very comfortable with, confident in. I think they bring 16 sacks, Pete. Yeah, 15, I think. 15, yeah, 15 16. So, uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're excited about having those guys back. Um, you know, LJ will have a year under his belt. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can keep him healthy. He just, you know, he, he got hurt last year. And, and uh, we thought we were going to lose him for the whole season. Uh, that day went down, and and uh, it was very disappointing. But we were able to get him back at a certain time, you know, in, in a season that that just wasn't ideal from a developmental standpoint. Uh, yeah, pass rush is always something we're focused on. Obviously, we need to do a better job in that regard, and that's that's from an acquisition standpoint, uh, from a developmental standpoint, and uh, from a schematic standpoint. Pete Carroll also adding uh, his opinion yesterday. So your question is about the of course in the draft we're always looking and we're, you know we're always trying to help us out. So you know we're we're, we're ready to do our work and and uh, glad that we we found a uh, couple guys that we really like that we know the background of and that will fit into our program and that we're really looking forward to coming back to be part of our team. And so uh, and as John said, you know we, we're we're wide open and battling and we'll we'll take on all the opportunities that that show up. Um, we'll see if Clown com- comes back around or not. We don't know. We'll find out in time. Unfortunately, it's been handled really well, as John said, and, and that so there's an ongoing to that, and uh, we'll see where he is when he's ready to make a decision. Things have changed a little bit, you know, and the, the guys haven't been able to travel around and get to places and visit and stuff like that. So there's a number of guys that have kind of taken the woods. I'm going to wait and see what happens and, and buy some time here, and that's kind of what it seems like J.D. has done. Pete and John explaining their draft setups sound pretty involved. Um, And Pete Carroll, 
This won't surprise you. He likes having the seven screens up in the room and all the action going on thrives in that environment, not talking to anyone uh, in this community. John Schneider also explained a little bit of a technological issue they worked through uh, in the mock draft earlier this week. Might have been on mute. It just started off a little bit shaky. You know, I uh, it, it was it, there's a channel, there's a main channel that's going on that, you know, I think there was a couple teams in um, I'll throw myself under the bus included. I had myself muted. So when they were doing roll call, they went right past the Seahawks. So we weren't even in, involved in the, in the draft. We just passed. But, uh, so it was all about just hitting mute. Hey, just, hey, John, make sure you're unmuted. I unmuted. Everything went wrong, along great. Yeah. Oh, the mute button. I told you that was, uh, was, at least they worked through it. Okay. We got that out of the way. So it won't be a problem tomorrow. Pete and John also commenting on whether they believe we'll see people draft differently this year here with Schneider. I honestly do not. I I don't know how how that's going to come off. If you know, those usually what happens is, you know, those first two rounds, everybody kind of see tends to see things the same way. So you see names coming off that, you know, are, are quite disturbing um, when you're, you know, I think we've averaged in the last five years picking in the 29th spot. Um, much, much credit to our, our coaching staff. We're, we're always, we're always in this thing. We're always, you know, competing to win a world championship. So it's, that's why you've seen us trade down as much as you have. I don't have a feel yet. Pete Carroll also saying uh, the first couple rounds usually go as planned as far as who goes off the board. Uh, so this year, his thoughts on how, how that will play out. You know, John, to add that, it, it's been so consistent the last three or four years that the board comes off pretty much like we expect. And, and you see that the, the first round gets wiped out, you know, and then the, and they're all gone. There's like one guy left and you're in the second round and then there's just a couple guys left. If, if it isn't like that, then we'll be able to remark afterwards, you know, that it didn't come off as clean as, as it has in other years. It would be a statement somewhat to maybe the the lack of flow and communication between guys just to share the ideas and all that. We'll see what happens. We won't know until we get there. But trading is a big topic of discussion and whether there'll be left, less trades in this draft, trading back, will the Seahawks do it in the first round? Uh, that's happened a few times in the ten, their tenure here in Seattle. We'll hear more from Pete and John coming up next. How comfortable they feel with the prospect of virtual trades as of now. And if they might be approaching anything differently. Plus, the one question Schneider absolutely did not want to answer. And what it could tell you about draft strategy. It's next on The Blitz right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to The Blitz from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Welcome back to The Blitz at 6. Lydia Cruz alongside with you Wednesday, April 22nd. Thanks for hanging out this morning. Just a day away from the NFL draft, a virtual NFL draft. And Pete Carroll and John Schneider are getting prepared. We got to hear from them yesterday and specifically pretty interested in the trade discussion. Most national pundits believe that we'll see less of them in this draft just because of all the things that need to be executed flawlessly in the time limit for those to be pulled off. 
Pete Carroll on on the potential trade calls and how those will come in. Those conversations, you know, we, we've imagined what this is like to, so that we can replicate it, you know, from a, you know, from a distance. But it's looking over your shoulder. Take a look, you know, call, call Indy and, and, and uh, Buffalo's on the phone. And, and what, what's your information? And that all happens in a flow in the draft room that is is going to be affected some. And so that's what, we're, you know, John's saying he's 80% ready and we're hoping we can close the gap on it and really be really, really good at it. We're going to be as good as anybody, but it's it's a that's a, the part of the draft that is, I think is the most affected. John Schneider said and admitting that he doesn't feel comfortable doing trades virtually after the first run through the mock draft they had earlier this week, but he says he will be ready by tomorrow. At this, at, at this point, I would say uh, I'm about 80% there. Like I said, we're going to practice some more with a couple more teams tomorrow uh, in a live version on, on the clock and, and, and be negotiating. We haven't, we didn't negotiate with the people yesterday in the mock draft. It was, it was all scripted for us. So, for instance, when I called Joe Douglas with the Jets because we went from 27 to 11, it was pretty far away. I mean, it's pretty big negotiation. He was kind of laughing at me. He's like, are you are you seriously calling me right now? I'm like, well, yeah, we got to practice this, man. We got to, you know, we got to turn this in. You know, like, I got to tell my guy. I got to tell, you know, I got to tell my guy to turn it in and all that. So, the negotiation part of it is something that we're gonna we're, we're gonna uh, still work on some more. So honestly, to say that I'm totally comfortable with it right now, I'm not. Um, by tomorrow night, I will be. Uh, also, one of the other big concerns for this entire process is the fact that your assessment of players almost feels incomplete. So Schneider, on the two biggest concerns with this new draft process, as far as assessing players, so one is the medical. Um, there's a lot of guys that did not go to the combine that, you know, uh, we, we don't have medical grades on. And then there's then and also the uh, uh, the verifieds, meaning height, weight, speed tests, you know. And then, you know, there's guys that we had scheduled. Now we've done it with Skype and our coach has done a great our coach has done a great job of interviewing the players. But their football knowledge and their ability to come in and learn, you know, how long do we think it'll take them to learn to fit into a specific role? We used to have 60 vi- uh, visits, interviews at the combine, and now we had 45. But when you schedule those, you're, we had planned on bringing 30 people into our building. Well, we weren't able to do that. Uh, John, uh, admitting that those are some of the impediments leading into this process. Also, when asked a question by Ed Werder about which position groups they think are the deepest in this draft, Schneider remaining tight-lipped on that. And, and that's a great question. I love our time together this summer. That was an amazing deal we were at that weekend with the coaches. But I, I'm absolutely not going to answer that question. It's an interesting draft, I think. You know, everybody's going to have different opinions like every year. But, you know, it seems pretty even throughout, Ed. But, yeah, other than that, that's not something I'd like to discuss. One other area that will be very interesting is undrafted free agency happening afterwards. And uh, essentially, it will be like the wild, wild west, uh, according to Schneider. I don't necessarily see it being affected. I mean, it's just the communication is going to be different. It is definitely like the Wild West right after the draft. But, you know, we're going to have, you know, specific coaches, specific uh, 
scouts. It's just going to be a communication issue, really. Um, but really, it's it is a communication issue every year because it's 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 just it's full on. You know, I've never I've never been in a in a in a draft room post draft that was not chaotic. That's that's very true. Great point. Um, Schneider also on the possibility of having the season shortened. This is actually Pete, excuse me, on whether they believe the season will start on time. Okay, I agree. Like that, that we're going to be on somewhat of a schedule that's going to work out, you know, because we have to keep our minds in it and right. So we are anticipating that we will get together before the season starts. And when they tell us that, that it isn't, then we'll, we'll adjust to that, you know. And so we, we're, our planning and our operations uh, are on full. To, to get ready. And, um, you know, we, as we plan these camps now that we're going to be virtual camps for us and the rookie camp and all that kind of stuff, the virtual, we open up the 27th with our players. Um, you know, the process is underway and we're just going to keep thinking it's happening. Pete Carroll never one uh, to shy away from a crowd from people and knows how important the fans are when it comes to the game day experience and being involved in the game, playing uh, with the possibility of no fans in the stands, Pete Carroll saying uh, he'll do everything he can to maybe pipe in some crowd noise. Everybody needs to be wide open and ready to adapt and all of that in, in all aspects of our lives right now. And certainly as we go approach the season, we're going to have to, you know, be prepared. Um, you know, there's still a great opportunity to, to show the game to, you know, our fans, you know, through the, the other media sources. But um, if that's the way it is, it'll be a different experience, but it, it can happen, you know there's scrimmages and stuff like that you have and you play and we pipe in sound and all that. I mean, if we're, if we're playing and there's no fans there, I promise you, I'm going to do everything I can to pipe in the sound and make it sound <laughs> as good as possible and all that. So we'll, we'll try to do everything we can to make that happen. But again, we just have to be ready to adapt. I believe Pete would uh, be able to make that happen. He also mentioned though, that it will be difficult to have guys prepared and in shape. If there isn't a full off season, uh, they'd have their full schedule of off season programs and especially when it comes to the rookies and their ability to contribute, having a shortened offseason uh, will definitely impact that in Pete's opinion. Coming up on The Blitz, Russell Wilson also with some thoughts on that very subject. He was on The Herd yesterday with Colin Cowherd talking about his draft day experience and what he believes about this team. He said he's always had good players around him but still believes that the sky is the limit. You expect nothing less from Russ. It's next on The Blitz right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. From the Alaska Airlines studio, this is The Blitz. Welcome back to The Blitz at 6. Lydia Cruz alongside with you, Roger Goodell, NFL commissioner, who still hoping somehow people find a way to virtually boo him tomorrow. Not because I'm a huge fan of booing, but just because traditions, you know, should still live on even in these crazy times. But Roger Goodell joining Get Up this morning to talk about the league proceeding uh, as if they will play a regular season on time, despite uh, concerns about the COVID-19 pandemic. Roger Goodell said at this point, it's the right thing to do for them to continue the league schedule. I think our job is to be prepared, be prepared for the season, to, to continue to do the things to get ready. Obviously, it's a different year for all of us. Uh, we've had to make modifications in our offseason program. We've had to make significant changes to our draft. And those are all appropriate and they're right to do. He did uh, mention that safety is their number one priority and that 
in a time with so much uncertainty going on right now, want to deal with the facts and information they do have in front of them? I think it starts with safety. So that's number one for us, and it's number two and three. So our medical teams are talking and, and obviously working with all the experts. So that, that will be number one for us. But, you know, one of the things I've learned, Mike, is you don't, you got to make decisions with the facts that you have. People who project uh, where we're going to be, you know, two weeks from now, much less three months from now, uh, you know, it's, it's speculative still. We don't know. And I think I don't like to engage in the speculation business. I like to deal with facts. Roger Goodell, on the potential of the season getting delayed, though, did have this to say. Well, I don't know the answer to things that can happen that can prevent that from from occurring. But I think our job is to plan, and we are planning to make sure we're ready to go, we're ready to play. We obviously put public safety as a priority one for us. We've demonstrated that when we've had uh, natural tragedies such as hurricanes, that uh, we always make sure that we're doing the right things. To one, for public safety, but two, to support the first responders and make sure we're doing things right. We are working with our medical teams. We are working with medical teams at CDC and NIH and from state to state. And we, we, as we are doing with the draft, we didn't ask for any exemptions from the draft. We are doing this with within regulations from state to state. Everybody's home. Everyone's operating under the same guidelines that the states have dictated or the federal government. And we're going to continue to be able to do that. But our job is to be ready to play and we will be ready to play. Uh, If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to it yet, the Flying Coach podcast that is on The Ringer is part of their NFL Ringer podcast, but a limited series event between Steve Kerr and Pete Carroll. Pretty cool. Two of the greatest coaches in their respective leagues. Um, talking about coaching, about mentality, and uh, potentially having some guests on down the line, as they've mentioned from other sports. But this week, they talked a lot about the draft and uh, about uh, Pete and his relationship with John Schneider and the importance of that relationship. Here is Pete uh, this week's episode talking about that relationship that now has lasted a decade. Yeah, I've thought often, you know, that when you look at uh, when the a team in the NFL changes their leadership, you know, and they're going to hire a new coach and all that. Often the owners will go out and they'll, they'll get the hotshot coach that's out there and then they'll find the hotshot general manager and they'll bring them together and, okay, let's go. You know, we get the two top talent, talented guys. I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that thought now. I, I, I don't think that that's no. the best way. I think you got to get guys, you got to make sure that they can blend and they can, they can function and, and accent the other one's talents and strengths and all of that. It's, it's too intricate. You know, there's so much, at stake when in in these decisions make, making uh, process and and you need to be able to communicate at a really high level to function at a really high level and so not necessarily the guys see things the same and there's a million ways to do stuff you know there's no one way to do it but you've got to do the best way for those for those guys involved and the the chemistry and the communication I think is really really crucial and Pete Carroll also had some thoughts on drafting need versus uh, best available talent in the draft how do you weigh the talent versus the need when you look at your roster and you're picking 27th and you kind of know, obviously, you know, what you guys need in certain areas, but then you probably have a board uh, like we do, you know, best players available at every position, all that kind of stuff. How do you weigh that and reconcile that when you make your pick? Yeah, it's a it's a big big part of it, you know, because you get drawn sometimes to the the flash and, and the the potential and, and and all of that. We all do, um, and and we have to work our way through that. And and fortunately, you know, having a lot of experience in a lot of years going through this thing, it allows us to try to 
talk our way through the pitfalls. So there's pitfalls because it may be the need. We've got a burning need right here, but there's a fantastic player coming down the pike at you in the, your next pick. And, you know, which way do you go? It's, it's very subjective. There's, there, I, you know, there's a, there's a whole feel to it and there's a gut feel to it that's really important. And, and there's a real big trust factor here too, you know, as we make the decisions and all that. So, uh, we try to, you know, we, we try to figure out how, where that's going to happen. And so we've tried to talk through the situations and the scenarios before we ever get there. So we're, we're well versed. Sometimes you get surprised and you get, you know, unique opportunities pop up in front of you and, and, and you have to scramble a little bit. But when that happens, we you know, we have enough confidence to go from our gut and, and, and feel that, you know, we're going to come up with the right decision, even though we weren't able to maybe orchestrate, a, you know, a, a choice we were going to make. And um, with confidence and, you know, you know, you'll wish for the best, you know, and, and then you coach your, yeah, your butt yeah. off to make sure it works, you know. And so um, but that's that's kind of how that that goes. And, and uh, there's a, it really comes down. There's a lot of trust that needs to take place. And, and um, we our, our guys work so hard at it. That there's there's no issue of ever thinking, oh, boy, if we only would have looked at this way or we would have done it that way. I mean, we exhaustingly go through the process. And John's a great competitor and he, he's got his whole staff of guys that, that have been together for quite some time and they know how they communicate. They know how to process and they, they understand each other. All of the depth of all of that is really valuable, particularly when you're making the, uh, you know, the big decisions that are kind of on the move. I also love this bit from Pete Carroll on the Flying Coach podcast as part of uh, the Ringer series, talked about uh, on using sort of who he would like to play ball with as a measurement of evaluation. Yeah, I, the, I, I've come even back in the days, you know, we in the draft for years, or college football, then went to, went to the NFL and did the draft stuff and went back to college football, and then here we're going back in, in, into it again in the NFL. The number one thing that has come through to me for all of this time is, is when it gets right down to it, if if when it comes right, well, if we can take this guy, take that guy, I want to take the guy that I want to play with in the park. If I'm going down playing hoops yeah. in the park, or going to yeah. play football in the park, or play baseball, whatever it was, who would I rather play with? And and that that to me is it's uh, it's very subjective and uh, it's very personal. But it's the guys that because I want to win, so I want to play with the guys that are going to help. You know, th- th- because they care so much and it's so important to them. And uh, it's it may be way beyond what what the, the physical stuff looks like, but you know some sometimes just these guys you just want to ball with. Yeah, that's where I like to go. You know, and we've had we've had a lot of free agents in over our years. We've been we're going on eleventh year now, so we've had a lot of free agent guys that they just got that thing about them. You know, they got that attitude about them, that chip on the shoulder that 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 it's so freaking important to them to be something. You know, maybe not even yeah, be great, yeah. but they got to be something, and they and they really have something that drives them and pushes them to. They're going to just outlast the next guy because they got freaking win, you know. And and so yeah, that that's what that's when it gets right down to it. Okay, all the stats, all the numbers. That's what I really wish we could go in. This we can choose on that element of this makeup of this guy. I want a guy I want to ball with, you know. <laughs> I really like that. Uh, Pete Carroll saying that that can also be a determinant when it comes to the draft process. Speaking of which, up next on the Blitz, it's time for the the hot list. We still have to hear from Russell Wilson, who joined Colin Cowherd yesterday on his own draft story and how he goes into this season amidst all the chaos right now. It's next in the hot list right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Listening to The Blitz from the Alaska Airlines Studio. It's time for 
The Hot List. Holy mackerel! The headlines for the day in sports every morning at 645. Heck yes! What are we missing here? A full breakdown of the top stories of today on your morning drive. Let's go! We got to hear from Pete Carroll and John Schneider on their virtual draft process and strategy, the virtual draft that happened earlier this week, mock draft that happened earlier this week. But we also got to hear from them some thoughts on players, new acquisitions for the Seahawks, including Quentin Dunbar. He was Schneider yesterday on Dunbar coming to Seattle. I have to give Nolan Teasley and our pro staff a ton of credit um, being able to monitor monitor his situation uh, throughout the year and and uh, uh, just be like on on me constantly about trying to acquire him and and uh, he's a he's a very you know, obviously he's, he's a wide receiver conversion uh, but he's done a great job he's got a great feel for uh, receivers at the top of the route uh, he's got great ball skills he can play inside he can play outside just the conversations that those guys were having with the Redskins. And, and Scott Fitter was actually the one that, that ended up um, finalizing the deal to get the approval from Pete and myself. And, and uh, I just I just think those guys, I think it's it, it, it's just great. They, they did a great job of, of working the process, working our philosophy. And, um, you know, like I always say, either you're competing or you're not. That was John Schneider on the acquisition of Quentin Dunbar. Pete Carroll also with some thoughts on what the signings of B.J. Finney and Dunbar mean for current players on the roster, like Justin Britt, Justin Britt, excuse me, and uh, Joey Hunt, Trey Flowers. He says, "Well, a familiar line." Competition's on. Yeah, couldn't be more clear. You know, um, and that's that's the way we've always built this thing. We know it's the best way for us to go, and so it just accentuates the competition. It's like I mentioned with the offensive line. With the free agent signings, that doesn't mean that those guys are coming in here and take jobs automatically. They got to earn them, and you know you've watched that over the years for us. That's been true to our core, and so it's just the competition of getting better. It makes everybody better, and so uh, it's hopefully just another statement about our commitment to our philosophy. Pete, also with uh, some thoughts on communicating with current players, including Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, both were working back from injury. What contact he's had with both offensive stars. You know, our, our staff has been staying in touch with those guys. I've communicated with those guys throughout, um, just checking in on them, you know, just normal, the normal process. And, you know, they, they're in their programs and they're working really hard and they're doing really well as far as we can monitor. So we're making the kind of progress that, that we need to make really across the board. You know, our, our staff is able to stay in touch with those guys. And there's some guys that are here, you know, staying fit in our own facility. The league allows that to happen. But uh, for the guys that are remote, and then we, we just keep track, and it seems like everything's going really well, as far as we can tell, and we're, we're pleased so far. You know who I always like to hear from? Coach O, Ed Orgeron, yesterday speaking on why his quarterback, Joe Burrow, uh, will be successful in the NFL. Here was Coach. The way he worked every day, the guy, the way he earned the uh, right to be the starting quarterback at LSU, the way he got better, the way he captured the football team, the way he led. Joe is uh, probably the most focused football player I've ever been around. Uh, we gave him the team. Uh, along with other guys, they took leadership. So uh, I think that his work ethic and his attitude and his smarts is going to make him a great player. 
Kojo also saying that he's had to fight his entire life. Joe has not had a silver spoon in his mouth all his life. I think Joe has had to fight all his life. And I think that if he does have to fight, and it may be Cincinnati, he's willing to fight for that. And he's willing to build a team and willing to go through adversity if he has to. Nothing was promised to him here. He came here with faith and built a championship team. And I don't see why not he couldn't do it in Cincinnati. He also joined Golick and Wingo yesterday uh, to talk about, well, how he'll be trying to assimilate at the next level and why he believes he'll be able to do that. Here was Joe Burrow on playing at the next level. The exact same way that I did it at LSU and going into Ohio State with, with hard work, preparation, and you know, not and just letting everyone know that I know how to do my job. Um, and I'm going to work harder than I ever have before to, to be the best player that I can be for whatever organization drafts me. We also heard about a conversation he had with Peyton Manning. He had attended his passing academy, but uh, this past weekend, Peyton was on SportsCenter talking about the conversation between the two of them and advice that Peyton had given him, including right out that rookie season, it's okay to struggle. Here was uh, Joe's perspective on that convo. You know, I, I, I texted him earlier in the week to see if he had some time for me and um, he responded immediately. And that's just the kind of guy that he is. I was super, super grateful that I got about 45 minutes to an hour with him. I just asked him questions on, you know, how he went about earning the respect of a franchise and trying to, to win football games as the number one pick. Because, you know, I think he and I were, were in very similar situations to, to when he was coming out. And, you know, one thing that he, he kept going back to was you got to earn your job every day. Practice like a seventh rounder. It doesn't matter if you're the number one overall pick, number 199 like Tom Brady or, or number two overall. Just, just earn your job every single day. Practice like you're, you were an undrafted free agent. Well, speaking of star quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, uh, he was speaking yesterday because he'll be on the cover of the latest Madden game and uh, wanted to Say he doesn't buy into the curse, uh, especially after Patrick Mahomes has done pretty well for himself, but embraces the quote Madden curse. I should do a couple of Madden. Yeah, like I said, I was, I'm not worried about a curse. Um, Patrick Mahomes was on the front. He won the MVP, so I will avoid that curse. I hope that's a curse. Lamar Jackson also, though, did say that he would be interested or would want the team to sign Antonio Brown. There were some rumors about the Ravens uh, potentially exploring that option. Here was Lamar Jackson on that. I'd be happy if they signed him. You know, he'll be up. He doesn't show you know, each and every year. You know, he was still in the past, but you know, it's not my decision. The New England Patriots agreed to trade Rob Gronkowski to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Reunited, and it feels so good, at least for these two. Uh, the retired, formerly retired tight end will be reunited with TB12 Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Adam Schefter reporting that yesterday. We have the terms of a trade now in place between the New England Patriots and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Patriots are sending the rights to Rob Gronkowski along with a seventh round draft pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a fourth round draft pick. And so that trade is agreed to, essentially. Rob Gronkowski will have to pass his physical for the trade to go through. But uh, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, uh, speaking yesterday on SportsCenter as well, said that he feels really invigorated physically since he retired from football nearly 13 months ago. Here was Rosenhaus. 
Well, I think the break was very good for Rob. Rob gave football everything he had. He fought through a lot of injuries. He's had about a dozen surgeries in his career. He's been an absolute warrior. He's fought through a lot of pain. He plays a very physical position. He gets hit hard all the time. He really needed a break physically and mentally. He fought hard the year they won the Super Bowl. He played injured pretty much the entire season. He was never truly himself. He's a team player. This time off really reinvigorated him physically. He tells me he feels fantastic, the best he's ever felt. Gronk will turn 31 next month. He has one year and $9 million remaining on his contract. Uh, the Bucks announcing the details of this yesterday in a news release. New England will receive a fourth-round pick. It's number 139 overall. Uh, and then Tampa Bay will also receive a seventh-round pick, number 241 overall. All, all pending on uh, physical results, as Adam Schefter noted, though. But Tampa Bay, the only team Gronk was willing to end his retirement for, according to Adam Schefter and Rosenhaus, noted on SportsCenter that obviously playing with Tom Brady is huge. And uh, that relationship, everything they've accomplished together, the 78 touchdowns that Brady and Gronk connected on were the most in the NFL from 2010 to 2018. Also, twice as many as Brady has thrown to any other player. The uh, next most would be Randy Moss, but... Uh, pretty incredible, this relationship between the two of them. And now reignited in a little farther south, a little warmer climate. Drew Rosenhaus also speaking on no will, ill will from Gronk towards New England. He loves New England. He loves the Patriots organization. Coach Belichick, the Crafts, his teammates that are still there. He had an amazing run in New England. It was just time for him to continue his career with Tom Brady in Florida, with Tampa. It was something cool and exciting and challenging for him. He's well-rested and and looking forward to playing with Tom again. Gronk announced his retirement back in March of 2019. And at the time said, but so did Marshawn, that uh, he was happy in retirement and wasn't really considering a return to football. But like Brady, Gronk hadn't played for any other team other than Patriots. So a lot of of fans, not surprised at this, but still, you know, it it, it hit close close to home uh, for some Pats fans. Um, But... Most people agreeing Gronk wouldn't have gone anywhere without Brady, that this was the reason that he returned uh, a chance to work with someone he's so close with and been so productive with. Brady signing a two-year deal worth $50 million with Tampa Bay and now has arguably his best collection of passing targets in the last 10 years at his disposal. Yeah. Um, also, another person who's really excited that Gronk will be playing again, fellow tight end, George Kittle. I'm stoked. Uh, you know, I like... Gronk was my favorite tight end watching, uh, especially in college, just watching like how he dominated in the run game and made the explosive plays in the pass game. Especially here, he had, what, like 18 touchdowns. So I'm excited to see Gronk back on the football field because he's just such a blast to watch. And it's just fun to see him out there, really. And especially when it's with Tom in Tampa, that's just awesome. Good for them. Like, it's going to be sick. It's going to be sick, dog. Russell Wilson yesterday on The Herd with Colin Cowherd telling the story of his draft day experience and being at the basement. Uh, and then Russell Wilson also on his current team and feels lucky that he's always had great players around him. When I had great players around me, man. Yeah. It helped to have great players around you, guys who were competitive too, and you matched that and they, they worked together. And it was, it was a lot of fun, it's, you know, and, and it still is to this day. And it's, it's, been, it's, been, it's been a pretty cool journey, you know, for eight years. And, you know, I feel like I'm just getting started. You know, that, that, that's the greatest feeling when you feel like you're just getting started. You got great players around you, guys like DK Metcalf and 
Tyler Lockett, and we just signed Greg Olson. Got different players around you, so you get excited about that, and and uh, you know you just you just love the journey of it. So you know, hopefully, we can keep it going. Uh, Russell also commenting on the Last Dance documentary. He mentioned on Twitter he was super excited to watch that, and then Colin asking him a few questions about it. Russ mentioning consistency is what it takes to be great, and Michael Jordan had that. Also, what was his reaction to watching MJB kind of rough on teammates? Well, I think I think that you can't you can't um, display or not, not understand that he has he has this unbelievable competitive edge. You know, this unmatchable competitive edge that you know I want to bring to the field every single time I play. When when teams see me in the fourth quarter, when I'm walking on the field, they already know. I want them to anticipate what's going to happen. Right. Right. I want them to feel that before I even walk onto the field. Right. Same thing in practice. It's got to be the same thing. It, that's the work ethic part. That's the competitive nature that you got to bring to every single body, every every other person, the other ten guys in the huddle, the other other eleven guys on the other side of the field. They got to feel that presence. But I think I think more than anything else. Um, what Michael was able to do is it wasn't that he wasn't positive. He was just he was just positively sure what it took to be great. We got to hear from Pete and John yesterday ahead of the draft and the Seahawks not ruling out reuniting with defensive end Jadevian Clowney, but there has reached a point that they had to explore other options, not risk losing out on potential other deals. Here was John Schneider on Clowney yesterday. With Clowney, you know, we made the trade. Um, he came in, did a great job for us. Uh, we made an effort to uh, uh, resign him. We'd still, we, you know, the door is not closed, uh, but we couldn't wait any longer. We had to conduct business, and uh, so he knew that we had a. He, everything was very cordial. He's a great guy, uh, represented by a great guy, and uh, you know, I <clears throat> go all the way to back to Brett Favre with. Um, with his representative, uh, Buzz Cook. So uh, we had, we've had, we've had great uh, conversations. Um, he, he just, he just is going to kind of feel his way through this odd process. Pete Carroll adding his thoughts on where the pass rush is at right now. So your question is about the, of course, in the draft, we're always looking and we're, you know, we're always trying to help us out. So, you know, we're, we're, we're ready to do our work and, and, uh, Glad that we we found a uh, couple guys that we really like that we know the background of and that fit into our program and that we're really looking forward to coming back and be part of our team. And so, uh, and as John said, you know we, we're we're wide open and battling, and we'll we'll take on all the opportunities that, that show up. Um, we'll see if Clown com, comes back around or not. We don't know. We'll find out in time. Unfortunately, it's been handled really well, as John said, and, and that. So there's an ongoing to that, and uh, we'll see where he is when he's ready to make decisions. Things have changed a little bit, you know. And, the guys haven't been able to travel around and get to places and visit and stuff like that. So there's a number of guys that have kind of taken their work. So I'm going to wait and see what happens and buy some time here. And that's kind of what it seems like JD has done. That's a wrap for the hot list and the entire Blitz at six hour. Danny and Gallant coming your way next right here on 710 ESPN Seattle.